Everyone has a story. Stories of adversity. Stories of perseverance. Stories of accomplishments. And maybe even stories that will make others laugh. No matter the story, we can be inspired and motivated by them. Most of all, we can learn from them. This is the Big Peach Ride Run Podcast, hosted by me, Dave D2 Martinez. And I want to hear your story. Welcome to the Big Peach Ride and Run Podcast. And yes, I'm your host, Dave Dolomite Martinez. Yes, D2 is back here with a special episode, episode 151. And we're going to do things a little bit different because uh, as I stated earlier in the year, and if you have been listening, I signed up for a couple bike races this year. And that has all culminated here in the end of middle to end of October. And so I'm here to kind of you know, close the loop and sort of kind of, uh, let you know how kind of things went. So the, um, so this episode was going to cover, do a recap on what is known as Little Sugar Mountain Bike uh, Race. Um, I did the 50K. There was a 100K and a 20K um, you know, option as well. I chose for the middle. And then um, in another episode, I'll cover the 100-mile gravel race known as Big Sugar. So that'll be the next episode because so much to cover and you know it could easily be a two or three hour podcast so let's let's kind of break it down and just you know concentrate on a couple of things because i think it's you know it, you know had to drive out to bentonville you know arkansas and it is uh, a long drive so uh, you know it's one of those things that uh you know i'm glad i i made it uh i'm not crazy about the drive because it ended up being about 12 hours uh, in each direction um, there is a time change there because they're they're you know ahead of us or behind us behind us yeah as far as so that you know you have to kind of roll the clocks back a little bit an hour but uh, I drove out there um, what was it Thursday yeah I drove out there uh, Thursday no yeah I can't remember now it's it's all kind of all, it's already becoming a blur but yeah I, I drove out there Friday yes I drove out there Friday because I had a day before the race. The race was on Sunday. So I drove out there Friday, the 13th, October 13th. So Friday the 13th, I drove out there. Started out at, you know, 5 a.m., you know, um, and got there, you know, about 5 p.m. And, you know, had an Airbnb, a little apartment, you know, and, you know, with a kitchen and living room. So, you know, perfect for for myself there. And, um, you know, un- unloaded everything and then uh, went over to the local Walmart. And uh, just so that you guys, if you're unaware, Bentonville is the home base for Walmart. And that's where the, the Walton, the Sam Walton started, the first Walmart. So there's a lot of history um, with Walmart in Bentonville. And the family there does a lot. And I do mean a lot for that city as far as the, you know, building infrastructures, museums, and, and just so much that, uh, it's, it's, it's changing. And in the, I don't know, you know, in the last 20, 30 years, it is, uh, completely transformed, but it is still a small town. Um, and at least where I stayed, which was downtown. And so there's a, there's a town square, it's a block, you know, and, uh, you know, small little shops, local restaurants, but as driving in, of course, you're coming off the highway. So you see the chain restaurants, the larger, you know, streets and the intersections and, you know, shopping centers and all that. But I did not, you know, uh, you know, you know, visit any of those. I stayed right there in the heart of things. And that was kind of the beauty of it because I was about a half a mile away from downtown Bentonville. So I could easily walk, bike. And the whole time I was there, I was there for 10 days. I only drove my car three times. 
um, because everything is so accessible and walking. The first time, you know, uh, you know, um, I drove was after I unloaded the vehicle and went to the, uh, the grocery store to Walmart. And, and because I had, was gathering a lot of different things. I didn't want to walk with like three or four bags, you know, for, uh, you know, half a mile back. So, and it sort of kind of gave me the idea of like, okay, where, where's, where's, where are things, where's the park, you know, where, where, uh, you know, the lay of the land a little bit and kind of got to tour a little bit. Um, so I did all that and, 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 you know, prep dinner and all that and just kind of settle in for, for the night because it was a, it was a long drive and I was tired. Saturday, you know, was, you know, the day for packet pickup and I'd seen a couple different, you know, events kind of posted, shakeout rides and all this. And the weather was um, colder. It was probably in the 40s. And so they had an early morning, like uh, 10 a.m., you know, shakeout ride. And I was like, well, I'm still kind of tired. Let me just kind of, you know, eat breakfast. Let me go to packet pickup and let me do the afternoon shakeout ride. And, you know, I went to the packet pickup. I saw the, that group of, um, that first group going out for the shakeout ride. And it was a large group, I'd say, you know, probably about 60 to 70, uh, you know, people going out there. And uh, so I went in, picked up my number and sort of kind of, you know, looked at the course map. And uh, and then, you know, this one building that they called the Ledger, which is like an office building, sort of like a workspace area where, you know, they've got a coffee shop and, you know, you can, you know, work there, bring your laptop and, and, you know, and have meetings. And I think there's businesses there and there's even a bike shop off to one side. And then the Walmart museum temporarily is, is there in, um, in that building. And so of course, after, you know, you know, picking my number up, I was like, okay, well, let me walk over to, you know, and, and visit the, the museum. And it's a nice setup, you know, kind of high tech. They've got like a virtual, you know, Sam Walton there, you know, that you know, speaks to you and you get to see how it all started. So kind of cool and sort of kind of showing you a little bit of the, of the history. Now it's there temporarily only because the original, uh, Walmart is right uh, at the square and that is being completely renovated. So it was closed and so they set this up temporarily. So I was able to see that and that was kind of cool. And then I just did a lot of kind of walking around and, um, you know, heading back to the apartment and just kind of chilling out and getting the bike prep because race day was the next day. So I had to kind of, you know, yeah, lube the chain, check things out, start charging, you know, GPSs and, and everything else in order to kind of start getting prepared for the race the next day. So uh, I can't remember what time the, the shakeout ride was, but it was later in the afternoon, I think somewhere around 3.30, 4 o'clock thereabouts. And it was with a group called the Women of Oz. And I figured, well, you know, first of all, I haven't mountain biked in easily a year, maybe more than a year. Certainly not at any point in 2023 have I been on the mountain bike. So that was a concern of mine going into it because, you know, while I've been on the bike, I was like, okay, well, I know I've got the fitness to pedal, you know, but do I have the skill set that requires for technical terrain, you know, maneuvering the bike, you know, shifting body weights and, you know, because it does take some skill to do that so that you don't wreck. And, you know, there's a skill that needs to be learned and a certain confidence and you have to be comfortable on the bike. And I figured, well, let me just go out with the women of Oz because I'd rather go out with, a, you know, with women who are not going to be, you know, very ego driven, you know, and try to kind of 
launch off of very difficult things or, you know, pick up the pace and, you know, and the race was next day. I didn't want to go hard. I just wanted to kind of chill and get a feel for the bike and make sure that equipment was working well and, you know, gears were shifting. And because there was still time, if I needed to get any adjustments done, you know, go to a local shop and do that. So, you know, arrived there and we had a, it was just probably a little bit of a small group, maybe 40 to 50 um, riders there, both men and women. And so we rode to, um, I think it was maybe about a couple miles to what is called the Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve. So it's this cool little, you know, area that, you know, you could, you have to ride on the road to get there from downtown Bentonville. Um, but there's a greenway and there's parking there and, and that's, was, that was going to be the start of the race was at the Kohler mountain bike preserve. Now found out later that, you know, the, the race, although starts there, you're not actually on those trails that that's just a good kind of beginning start because there's a wide open field there. And, um, but we were able to kind of ride some of the, you know, part of the, the trails and experience some of it. And there's so many trails and there's, some of it is very, very, I would say advanced if you need to, but there was plenty of very, you know, beginner friendly type of trails. So we were sort of kind of in that beginner to intermediate, you know, I think the stuff that we were intermediate on was more of a, a lot of climbing. And so we did all that and that was all good. And, and, you know, the group kind of, you know, broke up a little bit and we split off and, you know, eventually we all got together and, and we got to this one section and they were, you know, they're describing the difference, like, well, we could go this route or if we want to split it up and go a different route, let's, and then everyone sort of kind of decided, well, let's go together and let's just kind of stick together in this, what they call kind of a very flowy type of section. So we did this climb all the way, you know, uh, up this trail and we get to this area where there's like this, you know, ramps and this bridge and, and all this. And, you know, they kind of said, okay, and we took a group picture there and, you know, got, got to catch our breath and rest and, and they explained, okay, you know, this is a flowy trail. You're going to hit some bumps. You're going to hit some berms. And there's going to be this one section that you're going to approach and it's going to look like it's a cliff and it just drops straight down. Now that got me a little kind of worried because downhill is not what my forte, you know, Originally, the D2 was for downhill Dave, which is, meant I was not good at downhills at all. I typically endoed anytime I was going downhill. And endo means you go end over your bike, you know. So, um, so they said, just roll up to it. Don't freak out. And then just slowly roll it in. It's smooth and you'll just kind of, you know, ride down it. I'm like, okay, seemed easy enough. And, you know, um, got to that section and it was, yeah, very, very flow. If you wanted to jump, you could, you can just slow your speed and just not get any air. And that's kind of, that's what I ended up doing. And we got to this one section. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is the part that, that they talked about. And sure enough, got up to it, slowed, slowed, and then just saw it kind of drop off and just like, just let it roll. Just let the bike roll. And sure enough, that's what I did. And, you know, um, didn't have any issues. Of course, you're, you know, when you're going that steep of down here, you're going to tend to hit the brakes. And so I did a little bit just to scrub off a little speed and kind of control, you know, my exit from that descent. And I was like, okay, I feel good. This, this feels good. I didn't wreck on anything and, you know, bike's good. And after that, we just rode back. And 
the reason they pointed that out is because there was, you know, there's a section on the mountain bike course, uh, you know, on the race that has a similar drop. So I'm glad they pointed that out. And, um, because I think I would have freaked out. I don't think I would have had the confidence to do that and maybe would have found a way around it and gone off course. I don't know if that would have been possible, but when you haven't been on a bike and you're already feeling kind of nervous, you know, on a mountain bike and you're you know, nervous about your skills and your ability, you know, it's, it's very easy to have those thoughts creep up in your mind of, you know, I'm not good enough. What am I doing here? You know, so you have those self doubts. And so I had that, but the ride, you know, on that Saturday afternoon really kind of put my mind at ease. I'm like, okay, just go with it. Just everything will be good. And so you know, rode back and, you know, and then just, you know, had dinner and just got to bed early because, you know, the ride, you know, the, the race started at 7.30 in the morning for the pros. So I was up probably about 4.30, you know, eating breakfast, which, can, you know, consisted of, you know, um, you know coffee, oatmeal, um, and, you know, banana, I think maybe even, uh, you know, muffin, just something that would, you know, provide me the energy that I needed. And then, you know, I had a hydration pack. So it's a new company that I've only recently found out, you know, maybe people call them Camelbacks, more of as a generic term. But this is a hydration pack by a company called USWE, W-R-U-S-W-E. And it's, you know, um, it has this, you know, kind of a harness that you attach at the front and it keeps it from bouncing. And and uh, so I was using that to, to carry... Um, tailwind because that's what, what I was going with as far as my nutrition was tailwind. And I think I had a water bottle just to kind of change things up a little bit. And here's the thing about mountain biking. And I would say even about gravel and anything that's technical is that you kind of need to have something that you can drink, you know, and, and it has to be easily accessible. So a hydration pack is going to be the best way to do that because on a very technical course with a lot of turn and stuff, taking your hands off the handlebar and reaching down to your bike, you know, pulling the bottle, drinking, and then putting it back takes more time than reaching to your chest, pulling a tube up, putting your mouth, and then putting your hands back on. And you can still drink, you know, for however long you want, you know, until you let go of it with your mouth. And then, you know, you can clip it back onto, you know, your, your, your pack strap there. So that was the plan. I think I had, um, I may have had like some chews or something like that, but, uh, just for some solid foods, but I was going primarily all liquid with tailwind and it was about, um, liter and a half. So probably a little over two bottles of, of tailwind. Um, so I can't remember, I don't know what that translate liters, but, um, but about two and a half, you know, I would say bottles of, you know, 16 ounce bottles, uh, you know, of, um, of fluid nutrition. So, you know, get up early in the morning and I have a light in the front of my bike because the, you know, you're riding sort of like right at, at sunrise. So visibility isn't that great. You know, sun's coming up, it's still a little dark. So I ended up riding from, from my place that I was staying to the Kohler Mountain Bike uh, Preserve, um, which was, I would say maybe two and a half, three miles. Um, so it was a nice kind of warm up. Um, it was cool. It was also raining that morning. It was just a little bit of a drizzle, which made me kind of nervous because, 
you know, wet rocks, you know, can, can, you know, can be a little sketchy at times. So I had, um, I was wearing, I was wearing a, let's see, short sleeve jersey, uh, a, a wicking base layer, you know, um, bib shorts, and then I had um, uh, uh, like a, a lightweight rain jacket, you know, that if I needed to unzip it, pack it, I could put it in the back pocket. Um, and so that's what I started out with and rode to the course and, you know, lots of people, lots of buzz there, people excited, people are nervous, you know, they had the pros lining up first. The pros were doing 100K. So they were riding 60 plus miles, 62 miles. I was doing the 50K, which is about 31, 32 miles. So the pros went out first uh, at 730, uh, the, the pro men and then the pro women. And then we started out, you know, as, a, as, a, as you know, the age group was both men and women. And then after us, behind us went out the 20K. So we start about 7.45 and you start out um, in an open field, cross the start line, take a quick left turn and then get on the greenway. And, you know, it was what they call a neutral start. So you have a motorcycle or, a, you know, some sort of vehicle up there that is sort of pacing it and sort of like leading you to the start of the actual off-road portion of the course. So we rode for several miles on road until we got sort of like, looked like it was like behind a shopping center because I remember seeing like, I think a Lowe's or a Best Buy over to the right. And then we took a left turn and climbed up into this, um, what would be, end up being the off-road you know, portion of, of the of the race. So we climbed up this you know dirt road and then into an open field before we got into the single track. Now at that point, I was able to you know pass several people. You know, even on the road, I was able to pass several people. You start kind of feeling, you know, where you're at in your ability as far as your pace. And you know, is this person in front of me moving too slow? Let me pass them. You know, and for me. The, the part that freaks me out is when anyone's on my tail, you know, especially on a mountain bike, because I don't want to be holding someone back. I don't want them to be frustrated because they can't get around me, especially when we start getting into single track, because that's, it's very difficult to pass. And you have to, you can't just, you know, you can't pass someone on very tight single track. You have to let them know and ask, Hey, can I pass you? And then you have to move a little bit off the trail, either to the left or right, depending on what the trail condition is like, slow down, maybe even stop to let them go through. So that just adds a little bit of stress and a little bit of anxiety. And so I was nervous about that. So I didn't want to be too far forward where I'd be holding anyone back, but I didn't want to be so far back where, you know, I was a guy getting frustrated because a person in front of me was, you know, moving a little slower than what I, you know, would like. So we got into, you know, the single track and seemed like I positioned myself in a, in a decent spot. You know, I didn't feel like I was holding anyone up. I didn't feel like the person in front of me was slowing me down, but it was a train of, of mountain bikers, you know, and it just, and I, I have seen some videos already on YouTube because there's a lot of people that had their GoPro on there and, and recorded it. And there were some people that it just became a, a very slow train. We were moving consistently throughout in the group that I was in. So that felt good. And there was a couple of times where, yeah, I may have passed a person or two or have been passed by someone else behind me, but I never felt like it was really like a log jam. Like it was like, you know, bottlenecking at any point. The, the trails are very well designed. 
um, but there's a lot of switchbacks, a lot of tight switchbacks, a lot of tight switchbacks going down and tight switchbacks going up. So being able to maneuver your bike was really important. And you're doing these switchbacks on, on some of them would be like these berm type of turns to where it's a, you know, it just kind of a wall off to one side where you are, if you have speed, you can ride up on that and use a centrifugal force to kind of whip you out. But because we were moving at such a slower pace, we couldn't do that. So you're riding at the base of that turn and there's a lot of loose rock. And, you know, the, you know, a lot of this when mountain biking, I would say is to go against your natural instinct. If you're going downhill and you want to slow down, your natural instinct is to hit the brakes. If you're taking a turn and you're unsure of yourself, then you're going to want to hit the brakes. You really want to do the opposite because you want the front wheel to roll over any rocks, any loose rock or anything that could lock up that front tire and then have you fall or, you know, or bump you off the bike if you hit something, you know, hard or, you know, like a large rock. So I was able to do that, you know, the rear tire kind of skidded a few times, but I felt like, okay, we're good here. You know, you know, and part of it, I think for me was, you know, I didn't want to slow anyone behind me. And I wanted to stay fairly close to the person in front of me so that we kept things kind of moving. So that added a little bit of pressure, but it also meant I had to be more confident in my abilities. So that worked out really well, I'd say, for the first third of the race. And then it sort of kind of split up and and thinned out. And for a good portion of it, I was riding by myself. And that's where I got into my head. That's where I started doubting myself. That's where... Um, I started questioning my abilities and there were times there where I was taking a switch back and because there was no one behind me and no one in front of me and I wasn't worried about what people thought, I didn't commit to taking that turn. I started second guessing myself and so I would unclip or I would lock up the front wheel and then, you know, have to, you know, unclip. And, and so I slowed down quite a bit during that time. And there was a couple of times there where I actually you know, fell and it was, it, I wasn't moving fast. You know, it's one of those kind of slow motion type of falls where you're like taking a turn or you're in a certain spot where like, this looks challenging. I don't think I can make it up, you know, over this route or this rock. So let me just put my foot out and walk the bike up while still straddling, you know, the bike. Well, what ends up happening is that if you put your foot out and it's lower on that side than you anticipated, then guess what? You're going to lean over and you're going to lose your balance and you're going to fall. And that's what ended up happening. So there was a couple of times that I, that I fell. One time I just had to laugh because I actually fell and rolled and was on my back and my helmet actually hit a log. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, thank God for helmets. But, um, you know, afterwards I was like, I knew what was going on in my head. So I had to kind of convince myself. I had to kind of put that in. It's like, just commit, just commit. And so I started doing that again. And, you know, um, we hit the first aid station and, and at that point everything was good. And that's where things kind of split up. And that's after that, I started running on my own. That's where I started having my, you know, second doubts. Fluids, I was good. I didn't really need anything. Um, and then, you know, hit the second aid station and, uh, you know, I had met a woman that, uh, was part of the women of Oz and she said she was going to be out there. So it was welcome to see a familiar face after being out there for a couple hours. So at that point, I think I did eat, um, 
I think I had a banana and maybe something else, something solid because I just needed something. Stomach was craving solid food instead of just liquid diets. Um, and of course, used the, the you know the bathrooms there, and then you know headed out. And at that point, once again, I was committing to the the the, the turns, committing to the downhills. Um, even one point there was, and you know, there was a point there where, you know, you kind of come down and there's a, 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 you know, fairly steep climb. And if you have enough momentum, it'll get you part of the way up there, but you have to then kind of pedal for that last, you know, maybe three to five feet. And there was a crowd there cheering and I just didn't have enough momentum or the rear tire slipped or whatever, but I didn't make it. So that was a little disappointing to do that in front of a crowd. And I was like, oh man, I was like, okay, let's, let's keep going. Um, but the volunteers were great where you, where there were people out on the course. It was great. Um, you know, and you're very, you know, remote areas. So not that anyone here would know, you know, any, any of this, unless you've been up there and ridden it, but you know, you, we started out at Colorado Mountain Bike Preserve, went into another area called Villa Vista, and then you got the back 40, and then we finish in a trail system called Slaughter Pen. And even between there, there's a, different, a bunch of different trail systems. But there were, you know, we rode, you know, 32 miles without repeating or doing loops. The pros ended up riding, you know, over 60 miles. So that tells you a little bit of the trail system that is out there um, because most mountain bike races are done in loops. Um, and this was a point to point kind of race. You know, we started at Colorado mountain, mountain bike preserve and we finished in downtown Bentonville. So, um, and, and what I didn't realize until I looked at the map and I knew this about big sugar, the gravel ride is that we actually rode into Missouri. We rode very close to Missouri on the mountain bike course. So, and granted, we're up in Northwest Arkansas, so it's probably, you know, drive-wise, it's probably an hour driving from, from, um, from Bentonville to cross over into uh, Missouri. But here we are on the mountain bike, and we're riding, in, and we're hitting all these sections. And there were a couple areas there where, um, you, know, it's, it, you know, like I said, it, it, had, it's, it was raining at the beginning, just a slight drizzle. Then it, it stopped. Um, I, I started getting a little bit warm, so I took the jacket off and within, you know, 10 minutes of that, it starts raining again. So pull off to the side, put the jacket on, and then I ended up wearing the jacket the entire time. So for the last part of the course, you know, um, I started realizing we were kind of heading back into town, still have no sense of where we're at in, in relationship to, you know, where we started or where we were going to finish. But I started seeing more people, more police presence, and I was like, okay, we're getting close. And I think at that point, we were maybe about, you know, under 10 miles. And so once again, you know, we came out to this one section, which I was, I was really fascinated by it. And, and, and it's just one of those things like, going, I'm like, am I on a sidewalk or am I on a mountain bike course? And it turns out that they had, on, on a residential street, there was a sidewalk and there was a mountain bike trail. And the mountain bike trail was actually made out of asphalt that had jumps and had, you know, you know, you could jump it and had little, you know, bumps in it and just was very kind of flowy that you could use it to kind of pump the bike up. Um, so very interesting that they had that and had built this type of, you know, feature right next to a sidewalk, you know, for, for cyclists to use, for mountain bikers to use. And then it you know, got you back into the trail, um, back behind, you know, one of these, uh, neighborhoods. 
And so we start hitting this one area and we came up on this one section that we were climbing for a good portion of that. And I will say that the times that I committed to climb, to a climb, I was able to climb every single one of them, um, except for when that, you know, when, whether, you know, when the rear tire slipped out, I was able to climb. So I was proud of that because there was, a, you know, hardly any walking on my part on any of the steep climbs. I rode the majority of the course. I would say 99% of the course I rode, which for me was, you know, it's it's uh, you know an achievement because I, I do tend to walk up uh, you know up some climbs in the past, and especially not having ridden uh, in over a year, it was good to feel that you know. So here we are, we're riding up this one section. We got this climb. It's it's fairly you know I would say fairly steep, and we come up and then we start kind of going around almost in circles and and riding this structure that, you know, was built up with stones and, um, you know, there was a flagpole at the center of it. And I didn't find out till after the race that this section is called the castle. And so as we're riding up, it looks like there's different features you could ride into or underneath it, you know, um, but the way we were riding, we were riding to the top of this kind of tower. And there was a gentleman that I had been kind of going back and forth on the, on the course at different points, you know, in the last probably five to maybe eight miles. And he was ahead of me and I see him and he, and he's riding, but he bypasses where we're supposed to turn at the top of this kind of tower. And I'm like, oh, this is the spot. This is the spot that they warned us about that's got that steep drop. And I was like, all right, go for it. Just commit. You did it yesterday. Just go. Don't even second guess it. Just go for it. And so sure enough, I ride. And so of course I, you know, the gentleman that was in front of me, I ended up passing him because, you know, he, you know, was contemplating, I guess, what he was going to do, if he was going to do it. And so roll up on it. And sure enough, it looks like it's a cliff and it's just a straight drop down. And it was steep but it was shorter than the one I had ridden the day before. The problem with that is that at the bottom of that drop was a sharp right turn into a berm. So I had to roll, roll you know, over that drop, shift my weight almost all the way completely off the saddle feather the brakes and try to scrub some speed, which I did hear that rear tire kind of, you know, skid a little bit and then get into the berm and so that it would kind of shoot you out at the other end. And, you know, I was able to make it. I had a big smile on my face because I'm like, yes, because this was, this could have been an opportunity for me to crash and really injure myself if I had not committed. And there was a photographer there and I was like, I hope he grabs a photo. And I have yet to find the photo. Um, maybe the bib, uh, uh, the, the, the race number on the front of the bike was invisible. I need to find some time to see if I could, you know, do a little bit more digging, if I can go through probably thousands of photos and see to find it. But that would make an awesome photo um, because of just a steep drop. Either that or I'm building it up to be much bigger than it is because in my mind it just felt like the, one of the most difficult things that I've done. So... 
shoot out of that and you know, you know you're back on single track and 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 you know you're right and there's like a bunch of jumps there that I'm like oh man I, there's no way I could ride any of this stuff out here so kudos to them for making a challenging course kind of pushing the limit but not so much to where anyone could get severely injured or go above and beyond their skill level so we're starting to head back into town. I'm recognizing some, you know, what seems to be closer to town. And we go behind, and I could see some residential houses, like their backyard. And so, you know, I come up this one section, I see this bridge. And there's people, there's guys up on this bridge. Now, the, 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 the bridge is made up of like flat rock, and it's sort of like this, I don't know. It's like it, it's 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 fairly steep climb up, flattens out at the top, and then it's a drop back down. And they're all standing at the top, kind of cheering. And I was like, okay, here's my opportunity again to redeem myself from the last climb that I basically missed and didn't make with a group. But I was concerned also because it was it wasn't dirt; it was all rock. And you know, one, I didn't want to wipe out and fall on rock. Two, I was concerned about it still being wet and not having enough traction. Um, and then at the same time, it's, it's single track, but I mean, it's wide enough to maybe two bikes could maybe get by, you know, and so you got guys sitting on one side. So there really is only room for one bike. So I didn't want to go up there and potentially, you know, go off the line and crash into, into someone. So that was a little bit of concern there on my part. And, uh, so I was able to climb and, and, uh, made it, descended and I was like, yes, okay, Awesome. That was, that was, that was perfect. And then, uh, continued and then everything else just kind of seemed like a little bit of a blur. And then next thing I know we're, you know, and I'm looking at my GPS and looking at, you know, the time and, or the distance. And I'm like, okay, we're very close. We're very close. And we came out in the neighborhood and then people saying, oh, you got a half mile left. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this is awesome. You know, and came across and, you know, I was so excited. I pumped my fist in the air and put my arm up and I was like, I, you know, I'm like here pumping it like I just won and, you know, some big race or something like that. But I was really excited and really proud of my accomplishment because I do think, and the reason I, I signed up for this is, is really kind of push those, you know, the boundaries that I'm aware of, challenge myself because there's certain things that scare the crap out of me. And mountain biking is one of those things that I enjoy, but there's some things about it that that's that that scare me. You know, the technical stuff, the crashing and all that, it scares me. And so to make it through this, uh, uh, you know, with very little or no, you know, real mountain bike training, you know, and surviving it, like, except for, you know, scrape on the knee was a really a huge accomplishment for me because, you know, I think, uh, you know, a, a 32 mile you know, tactical bike course, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's going to take it out on you. Um, you know, you do get beat up quite a bit. You know, I had, I was riding a hardtail, so, you know, the, the rear is not suspended. The front does have a front fork that has suspension on it. So a lot of the times, you know, you're getting a good workout in your arms and your upper body. And at the same time, you know, there's certain spots there where you're going downhill and without having the rear suspension, you have to stand up and you have to use your own legs as that suspension and you're shifting your weight forward and backward. So the fact that I even remembered how to do all that um, and not really, you know, have a serious, you know, crash 
um, was a huge accomplishment for me, accomplishment for me, and so I'm really proud of that. So, came across, they gave me a you know, finisher's medal, and you know, came out of the finisher's shoot there, and so here I am taking photos and you know, selfies and stuff, and you know, gentleman and his wife was you know, several feet away, and he's like, hey, you know, do you want me to take a photo for you? I'm like, okay, sure. And he, so he took a photo of me, and um, and then we started talking and found out that, uh, you know, this gentleman and his wife, they're from Ackworth, Georgia, you know, but, you know, two years ago, they moved up to Bentonville, um, Arkansas, and so they now live there, and, um, you know, they had done the 20K mountain bike race, and so I got to, a chance to talk to them, and it was, you know, good to to meet some of the locals there and still have a connection to Atlanta, um, but during that conversation, you know, uh, you know, we started seeing the crowd just kind of, you know, roar and stuff, and I'm like, oh, this must be the pros, so, and this is the other thing I'll say, is that the pros, although they started ahead of us, they were going to end up on the same course that the 50k were on so what we there was a little bit of talk that i heard while we were heading out that we wanted to get to a certain point before the pros caught us because we didn't want to slow them down you know so we got to a certain point we're like oh yeah this is it this is you know and this is i'm just hearing the guys behind me kind of talk so i'm like okay great the pressure's off we've made it you know the pros are heading off in a different direction right now and and uh you know we don't need to worry about you know slowing them down or them, or them coming up from behind us. So I didn't realize that I was going to finish before the pros. So it was kind of cool then to kind of, you know, quickly walk on over and see the finish for the pros that had done, you know, over 60 miles. And um, it came down to a sprint finish where, you know, to, yeah, I mean, it was very, very close, almost between three of them, but you know, almost tied was, uh, I would say, you know, Keegan Swenson, you know, came in first. Matthew Beers came in second. Cole Patton came in third. And I mean, they rode that course in like four hours and twenty-five minutes. I, I mean, my, you know, my, uh, my time. I have to look that up here because, um, um, yeah, it was over five hours. Um, yeah, it was over five hours. Um, let me see if I can look it up here real quick. Yep, here we go. Oh no, actually, I was four hours and forty-three um, minutes. Um, and so they finished their. They did twice the distance and finished it in four hours and twenty-five minutes. And I rode half the distance and rode it in four hours and forty-three minutes. That tells you a little bit kind of of like at what level these guys are at. They're riding at almost 14 miles an hour. I'm riding at just under seven miles an hour. So they're riding, you know, seven times or you know, twice as fast as, as, as the rest of us. Um, so it was cool to see that, you know, see them finish. But what was even cooler was that at the end of the finisher shoot, there were kids like six to maybe 12 years old asking for autographs and just being totally geeked out and, and, you know, you know, to be around these professional racers. And it's something that for me stands out because it's not something you see here in the U S you know, you see that at football games or baseball games or, you know, or, you know, celebrities and, you know, movie stars and stuff, but you don't see that in cycling, not in the U S you see it in Europe, but you don't see it in the U S 
So for me, that was interesting and at the same time, very cool, uh, you know, and obviously I think these kids were, you know, local because the, you know, the trails that are built, you know, are, are very beginner friendly. They're, yeah, they're kids out there that have barely just started walking. They're on their little strider type of bike and they're hitting pump tracks. The schools there all have their own little pump track or, you know, access to, you know, a mountain bike course. So cycling in Bentonville, it's part of their culture. They grew up doing, you know, riding and, and, and bikes being part of their everyday lives. So for me, that was very, very, very cool to see and to witness the excitement around it. Um, I did get a chance to see the women, but, uh, you know, Haley Batten came in first. Uh, Sofia Blanc came in second. So Sofia Gomez Villafani came in third and, you know, they rode, uh, you know, Haley Ben came in at uh, like, you know, four hours and 53 minutes, uh, rode about 12.6 miles an hour. Um, and several minutes later came in Sevilla. Uh, and then even further back came in uh, Sofia Gomez Villafani. And, you know, I didn't get a chance to see him because at that point it's like, okay, let me, you know, I was hungry, I was tired. And there's, a, you know, the same place that we had packet pickup called the Ledger at the very top of the building was, you know, um, food and the finish, you know, kind of area. So, uh, rode there, they had a bike valet where you could check your bike in and then take the elevator up. Um, or you could ride up or walk up because what's interesting about the ledger is that they actually have ramps on the outside of the building that you can ride your bike up or run up the building, you know, and you know, to get to each level of that building. And it's only like five or six stories uh, high, but still very cool that it sort of kind of, you know, zigzag up one side of the building. Um, so went up there and, uh, and the, and the individuals that I met, um, both the husband and wife, um, I was able to connect with them. They were, they had already left and said they were going head over there. And so I got food and sat down with them. We got to talk, shared, you know, you know, about the race and the details and, you know, everything else and kind of relive the day. Um, so that was very cool. And it was one of those things that I was like really, you know, impressed with, the quality of the race, you know, the, you know, the way they had put the course together that, uh, it was, I would say it was well marked. I had the, the route loaded on the GPS, but it was one of those things that because you're constantly turning and you're constantly focused on the trail, you know, I could hear it beeping, but I did not dare take my eyes off the trail. You know, uh, I was like, okay, where am I going? Okay, I see people ahead of me. Oh, I see a volunteer here. They're pointing me in this direction. Oh, we're crossing this road. There's a police officer. I'm heading in this direction. So that's the one thing that, I, you know, I was very, very focused on what was ahead of me. Um, I didn't even wear music or headphones. And I, I wanted to be in the moment and really focus on on the course because I didn't want my mind to wander because I think that could have potentially led to, you know, more crashes or, or, you know, going off course or, you know, who knows, you know, mistakes being made because I'm not paying attention. So I was very, very focused. And, um, I, I one of the things that I will say is in my nutrition and, and, in, in, in using tailwind is that I find myself you know, mentally focused more so than when I've been using other different products. You know, I think uh, Tailwind and Scratch are very similar. The The mix is different. Um, 
And so I go with Tailwind only because I can, you know, I can use more powder to get, um, you know, a, a higher concentration of mix. I mean, I guess I could do the same thing with tail or scratch, but it's just they have uh, smaller servings, um, and uh, Tailwind has the bigger servings and uh, in this individual packets and also in the scoop that you use when you buy the larger bag. So, for me, that really makes a huge difference. Um, in in racing and in training and so that was you know really exciting and and really i think would help me get to the point where i was at now i never cramped up there were times where i felt like i was tired i never felt like i wanted to quit there were times there where i was wondering if i would make it to the finish but mentally i was always yep let's keep pushing let's keep pushing i've got a little bit more in me you know, same thing with the climbs, kept pushing. There was only that section there where, like I said, right in the middle where I had a little bit of self-doubt. And once I overcame that, then I, I, I felt like, okay, now I'm, I'm back in it. My, my head is back into the game and let's just commit and have the confidence to ride because I knew I'd done it before. So now I had to convince myself that I could continue to do it again and again, regardless of what came, you know, uh, ahead. So, so would I ride, you know, uh, and do this race again? Um, yes, it is a fantastic course. And I would recommend anyone that is into mountain biking to do this course. I think you will be surprised at what you can do. I think you'll be surprised at how technical it is. And I think the distance itself um, makes it a bit of a challenge. Um, the 100K, I will say, from what I saw in videos, is more technical, has more drops, has more rock type of surfaces to ride over. So I would say that the 100K, you do need to step up your game a little bit in, in the skills. But the 50K and I would say the 20K, I would recommend that uh, to anyone um, because I don't think there's any other course out there that you can ride and not do loops um, and and have a, a really awesome time. Now, the drawback, you know, or the caveat I would say to doing this course again is that it is a 12-hour drive to Bentonville. And I'm so glad I made a, you know, 10-day, you know, trip out of it because I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if I'd gone there for the weekend, you know, like drive Friday, race Sunday, drive back Monday or Tuesday. That would have been miserable, you know, 24 hours of driving within, you know, three, four, you know, days that, that, uh, yeah, I, I would not recommend that at all, but I love the challenge and I love doing something new and I'm so glad I did it. I would, it was just so much fun and just experiencing, you know, the area of Bentonville and I'll get into a little bit more, uh, you know, in the, on the next episode because I did more shakeout rides. I did ride a little bit more. Like I said, this was only like day, you know, my second full day in Bentonville. So I hadn't gotten a chance to experience everything. Um, but at this point, man, I was so pumped. I was so excited. I was, I was ready for what, whatever else was coming my way. I was excited for the gravel uh, race and, um, you know, really gave me a lot of confidence and, uh, man, I'm still, I can, you know, I hope you can hear my voice. I am still pumped from it. I'm still excited about it, you know? And, uh, and I think that's why we do these type of, you know, races and challenges because we do get excited about it. It does, you know, spur something, a little fire, a little bit of energy, a little bit of excitement. And, uh, you know, I hope that that's what I've done in this episode. If you've considered biking, if you're, 
you know, already, uh, you know, biking or mountain biking that, uh, you know, it, it spurs a little bit of uh, excitement for you that you're willing to take a challenge to try something new, try something different and really kind of push yourself to see kind of what are your limits? What can you do? Um, you know, what can't you do, you know, figure that out, but you got to first go above and beyond what you think you can do before you know what that limit is. And I don't know that I've found my limit. I sort of know where they're at or certain things I would never do, you know, um, I mean, uh, you know, I, you know, like jumping out of an airplane, almost did it once. Um, but there's certain things that I just like, I, I don't need to do that. And other things that I'm like, I do think I need to do that. I do think I need to push myself and figure out what can I, what am I made of? What can I do next? You know? And, uh, and you know what else can I learn? So I, I hope this has helped you out. I hope it got you a little bit excited. I hope it you know you feel the energy and you're like, man, I really want to go out for a, for a bike ride. Or hey, you know what? I really want to go out and visit Bentonville because you know I think I think you should. I actually went running there as well, and you know it's it's a nice place to run. You know you know you can commute. You know there are people that commute to their jobs by jumping on mountain bike trails and connecting them to greenways and then riding on the road. I mean, could you imagine? living in an area where you could do that and have fun on the way to work and fun on the way back on a bike, man, that just like seems like the perfect, perfect scenario. And, you know, and, you know, and if you don't have to, you know, let's imagine if you could do that running, if you're a runner, you know, having to jump on a trail or on a greenway or a road and you know, to get to and from work, that would be kind of cool. Um, if that, the trail system, if the infrastructure was built up. So, you know, Atlanta's got a long way to go, and even some of the surrounding cities, I think, is you know, it'd be easier to do than in you know central Atlanta. But uh, man, it's it's a possibility. I think uh, I think people need to go out there and, and check it out for themselves. But you know, like I said, we're gonna wrap this episode up, and uh, you know, we'll be back in a couple weeks, and I'll give you the full rundown on Big Sugar, the hundred mile, the hundred and four mile. Um, you know, gravel race that uh, has it had its own challenges uh, of its own, and in some instances, maybe a bit more challenging than the mountain bike course uh, itself. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's what'll be coming up. Until next time, keep running, keep riding, and keep believing yourself. See y'all.